This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. We are going to be coming out of Ephesians 2 and 1, as I said. Amen. All right, here we begin God's, the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Paul says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin just like the like just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse three. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. Verse 5. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse 6. For he raised us up. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ jesus amen glory to god hallelujah we're going to come from this thought today we are seated in heavenly places with christ amen we're going to deal with granularly what does this mean for you and i today amen and 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 how can it impact our everyday lives that we face amen so i'm not going to explain it all right this second amen we're going to build up to it amen Glory to God, and we're going to understand what does it mean to be seated in heavenly places with Christ. It seems like a very obscure um, uh, scripture. Uh, what does it mean? How does it apply to us? So we're going to deal with that. Amen. But we're going to deal with it with God's help. Amen. So join me as I pray. Amen. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for everyone that has joined us today on this online service. We pray, that, Lord God, that you prepare their hearts, Lord God, to receive from you, Lord God. But, Father God, you have tasked me with something that's too great for me, Lord God. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. Hallelujah. Have your way in me and through me and impact your people. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. All right. Here we go. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Let's lay down some foundation first. In Adam, all men die. What does this mean? In Adam, all men die. Let's look into it. 1 Corinthians 15.22 1 Corinthians is Paul dealing with a church in a area of the world called Corinth. It was in Macedonia, which is above, uh, it's around the Greece area. Um, um, yeah, the Greece area, amen. And um, it was said that uh, the Corinthians uh, and the uh, city of Corinth were like New York, Las Vegas, and L.A. all mixed together. So it was a place that was glorious, but also had its challenges, all right? Glory to God. So... Let's read our scripture here. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, the New Living Translation. Paul says, just as everyone dies 
because we all belong to Adam. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. So because of Adam's sin, death was passed down to all of mankind. He being the first human being. Amen. He uh, committing sin. And God promising him that if he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would die. That death was passed on to all of us. All right, let's move on. When Adam sinned, all of mankind sinned. What? I wasn't there. You might be thinking. Let's see. Let's look into it. All right. Romans 5 and 12. All right. Paul says, this is Paul speaking again. He says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. What do you mean everyone sinned? All right, we must understand it like this. When Adam sinned, all of humanity, except for Eve, and she had sinned before him, was inside of Adam's body in seed form. So when he committed the sin to, to transgress against God's commandment to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of, e of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we being inside of him in seed form, the, the sin was transferred to us as well. All right. We were we were involved in it because we were inside our ancestral uh, father. Adam, amen. Father from the standpoint, not that he's God, but father that uh, the father of humanity. He came first. All right. And we were inside of him. All right. So when he sinned, we being inside of him in his loins in seed form sinned as well. All right. Doesn't seem fair, but that's how things work. OK. First Corinthians 15, 22 and Romans 12 and 5 present the idea of imputed sin. What this means is that Adam's sin was passed on to all of mankind because mankind was located in his loins, as I said before, when he disobeyed God and ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right. Imputed or um, uh, ascribed or placed on our lively accounts. Sin was imputed to us. It was passed on to us. It was placed upon us because of another. All right. So sin, we, we, were, we are sinners because of, what of Ad, because of what Adam did, not because of what we did. All right. We were born in sin and shaping in iniquity, as David said about himself. That, that applies to all of mankind. So because of what Adam did, sin was imputed or ascribed to us, to our life accounts, all right, before God. So man, mankind in general was seen in a sinful state by Father God because of what Adam did, all right? Doesn't see, like I said, it doesn't seem fair, but that's how this whole thing works, all right? Sin was passed down to us. Hallelujah. That's why the decision that Adam made was so huge because it affected billions of people, every human being that came after him. All right. Let's move on. Christ took Adam's place. Let's look into that. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. We went right back to 1 Corinthians, all right? 1545, hallelujah. Jesus 
is the last man, Adam. Jesus came to undo the damage that Adam did. It's part of his, that's, that's his role. That's part of what he was meant to do, all right? He is uh, the second Adam or the last man, Adam, all right? They were both the sons of God, all right? So this, this son of God, now Jesus obviously is a, uh, has a special place as the son of God, being God himself and putting on flesh, uh, th that making him the only begotten of Father God, hallelujah, in that, hallelujah, he was God and came down to earth, put on flesh, amen, hallelujah, and there's a uniqueness, hallelujah, and he's a part of the complex unity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that makes his relationship with Father God unique other than Adam's, all right? Let's move on. Christ not only came to die for mankind's sins, but also that we might have the opportunity to live our highest potential, which Father God always intended for mankind from the beginning, all right? God is on our side. God wanted us to do well from the beginning. He wanted Adam to thrive and to do well. He created the heavens and the earth before he created man. He wanted to set man up to do well. All right. However, he had to give man uh, 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 an opportunity of choice. Amen. Uh, the, those of us that go to the church know that I always say that uh, God uh, directed me and my wife to be together, but I wanted her to uh, not just respond because uh, God was influencing her to be with me, but I wanted her to agree with God and also make a choice that she wanted to be with me as I made a choice to be with her. By the same token, amen, God wanted to be chosen. Uh, that's what love is, to be chosen for, out of your free will, chosen, amen. He wanted to be chosen as opposed to making Adam a robot. Let me say this real quick. There are a lot of uh, people who misunderstand God's ways, all right? The highest form of love that God could have presented to us was to give us a free will. Now, many of us, when difficult things happen in this world, we say, where was God? Why didn't God intervene? Amen. But God making us free moral agents with free wills allows us to make choices. And these choices have consequences. Uh, there's a lot of times where we sometimes want free will and other times we want God to just take over and, and, and make us into robots. It doesn't work that way. When we were given free will, that was God presenting us with his love to be able to choose him or choose his will. Amen. And when we and it's a heavy responsibility to be uh, a free moral agent. It means that we have to be responsible with our choices. And Adam was not responsible with his choice. Thank God Jesus was responsible with his. Amen. Glory to God. So there are difficult things that happen in this world. It's a result of Adam's choice and the descending choices throughout the millenniums. Amen. And we are in the condition that we are right now because of Adam's choice and all of the choices we've made thereafter. Amen. It brings us to a place where the world is where it is right now. But God's wish is for us to enjoy a wonderful life. Amen. Here on earth and beyond. Hallelujah. All right. Here we go. Let's move on. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the trans 
the trespass of one man, death reigned through one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So the first man is Adam. The one, uh, the one man that death reigned through is Adam. It says, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision, a great amount of provision of grace, Grace is the unmerited, the unearned, the undeserved favor of God and of the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is gifted to born again believers. It's not something you earn or achieve. It's something you receive. It's a gift. Amen. So righteousness is a gift. It's not about our behavior to get righteousness. It's about receiving it as a gift of grace. All right. Hallelujah. Of the gift of righteousness reign. God wants us to reign in life. Reign as a king. It doesn't mean to violate other people's wills. It means that to reign over our situations, our circumstances, all right, uh, the things that affect us, that go on around us, we are to reign over in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let me emphasize that once again. It's not for me to dominate you and you to dominate me. It's not, it's not about that or to violate other people's wills. It's about, to re it's about reigning over the circumstances and the situations we face on a daily basis. Somebody say amen. I know I'm messing with your theology right now. Hallelujah. But this is Bible. Amen. All right. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians uh, go back to Corinthians now in the second Corinthians 521 for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. One thing that we struggle with as a human race is to understand that we are inherently evil. We read that from Romans 5 and 12 that Adam passed on his sin to all of us. All right. Glory to God. We are inherently evil. We are not inherently good. That doesn't mean that we're all murderers and, and things of that nature, but it means that we have an inclination towards sin instead of an inclination towards righteousness. All right. Glory to God. But here we read that God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. All right. Hallelujah. Why? So that we could be made right or righteous in the King James Version with God through Christ. How are we made righteous? Hallelujah. We are made righteous with God through Christ. He died in our place. The innocent died for we, the guilty. If we don't believe that we were guilty, why did Christ die for us? We don't believe we have a fallen uh, sin nature, amen, a, a nature that's inclined towards sin, a will and intellect and emotion that's inclined towards sin, amen. Why did Christ die for us? He died for us, hallelujah, that we might have relationship with Father God again, hallelujah, and might live our best life, amen. Let's move on. Romans 5.17 and 2 Corinthians 5.21 teach us that Christ took upon himself the totality of mankind's sins and exchange gave believing mankind or born again mankind his righteousness. In other words, believing mankind was gifted or imputed with Christ's own righteousness and all of its associated blessings. We talked about being imputed with sin by Adam. Hallelujah. Sins that we did not commit. We became sinners because of what Adam did. Now we become righteous or saints 
because of what Jesus did. It was imputed unto us. Just like we were imputed towards being guilty by Adam, we've been imputed or credited with righteousness because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So by Adam, amen, all men die. By Christ, all men that believe in him, uh, hallelujah, and the gospel message, amen, are made alive. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God, hallelujah, sent his son, Jesus, hallelujah, Christ, hallelujah, to come and to clean up the mess, amen, that mankind has made. We could not save ourselves. He had to come and save us. Hallelujah. We've been imputed with righteousness. This is all setting us up. We're going somewhere. Hang in there, everybody. Hallelujah. Now that we understand imputed sin and righteousness, what does it mean to be seated with Christ? Amen. Now we're ready to deal with it. Hallelujah. What does it mean? Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.19. We're going to go uh, back to Ephesians. Amen. The New Living Translation. It says, this is Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus once again. This is heavy theology here. Amen. We're studying about God and what he accomplished for mankind. Paul goes on to say, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. He, he really wants us to, to understand and to grasp all that God accomplished for humanity. All right. Greatness, uh, greatness of God's power for us who believe. That's got to be for us believers. Amen. You have to believe in Jesus and what he did at the cross. This is the same mighty power, verse 20, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in, in, in the place of honor at God's right hand. Right now, Jesus sits at the right hand or the place of power of Father God. Amen. Glory to God, the, the place of influence. Amen. Next to Father God. Hallelujah. So the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Christ is in heaven, seated next to Father God. He is well pleased with Christ because Christ went to earth and accomplished, amen, what he was sent to do. And now he, his, his work is finished, amen. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished, amen. How did he finish the work of redemption for mankind? And now he's seated and rested at Father God's right hand, all right? Next verse. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. So Christ, where he sits at the right hand of Father God, is above all uh, heavenly and earthly leaders, both angelic and political. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, angelic being principalities and powers that we read in chapter six of Ephesians. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, they are real. Amen. Hallelujah. So now he's far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The new heaven and the new earth. Amen. Glory to God. Let's, and, and, and in the millennial kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's move on. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, this is for the church's benefit that God did it. Father God did it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 23, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ 
who fills all things everywhere with himself. Hallelujah. All right. So let's get to what it means to be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah with Christ. To be seated together with Christ is to have the God man, Jesus. So Jesus was both God and man. That's key. We, we must we must believe that that God put on flesh. Other religions have problems believing that they call Jesus a prophet or just a really good man. No, he was the God man because no man can do what he did. All right. The God man came. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus sitting on the right hand of Father God, high above all the angelic and political powers that I talked about before of this world, representing born again believers. Jesus represents us just like, hallelujah, how we have um, elected officials representing us in Washington, D.C. or whatever country you're in right now, you have elected officials uh, that represent you, whether good, or whether for good or for bad. Christ represents born born again believers for good. All right. We have Christ being the God man and we emphasize the the man part, the human part. Amen. There's a human being cuz Christ still lives in a body. He left his first estate and put on a body. There's a human being sitting next to Father God. Happens to be the God man, but he is both God and human he sits next to father god all right so let me back up a little bit to be seated together with christ is to have the god man jesus sitting on the right hand of father god high above all the angelic and political powers of this world representing born again believers and giving us the authority as members of the new human race now we find our leadership now through Christ we're no longer in Adam we're now in Christ all right our destiny was affected by Adam's choice bef before now our destiny our, our, our current situation is affected by Christ he is the head of the new human race for those who cho choose to receive him as Lord and Savior all right hallelujah Glory to God, giving us authority as members of the new human race, raised from moral death. We were all raised from moral death. Mo morality is uh, uh, knowing right from wrong, good from evil. Amen. We were raised from our lack of knowing right from wrong on, uh, and living in, a right, in, in the right way, living righteously. All right. We were raised from moral death or positionally, legally, we were unrighteous hallelujah now legally we are morally righteous so we, he was raised from moral death i mean we were raised from moral death excuse me to rule over earthly things and in our current circumstances reign over sickness and disease god never created man to be sick or to suffer disease wouldn't it make sense now that we are born again believers that we would know and, and that we would no longer be subject to sickness and disease. That does not mean that sickness and disease may not try to jump upon us to try to affect us that we might have symptoms. Amen. It doesn't mean all that. We're going to deal with that more later. Amen. But God has ordained for us in and in, in this particular situation. Amen. That we're dealing with today. Amen. This human uh, world health crisis. Amen. This is specifically what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. This this ruling and reigning has more uh, more um, 
well-rounded benefits than just reigning over sickness. But for our current situation, we're talking about sickness. Amen. To reign over sickness and disease, it is to have a legal spiritual position seated next to Father God in Christ. We are no longer in Adam, like I said. We are in Christ. So as Christ sits next to Father God and we are in Christ, we sit next to Father God. Hallelujah. I'm messing with your theology right now. Yes, I'm on the earth speaking to you right now, physically here. Amen. Spiritually, I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. Sitting next to Father God. Paul is unveiling the theology of what God accomplished for mankind hallelujah and where we stand legally with father god hallelujah he said let me finish here once we were in adam now as believers we are in christ like i just said seated in heavenly places in nearness to our father god we need to stop praying like we are distant from god that god is so far from us when we do that we don't understand what jesus accomplished at the cross positionally legally spiritually we are in christ amen accepted by father god hallelujah sitting on the right hand of father god in Christ so that when we pray hallelujah glory to God we're not praying to some old man hallelujah that's light years away from us we're praying to a God hallelujah that sits next to us amen that we can speak to intimately and have influence amen glory to God because of what Christ accomplished at the cross we are seated in heavenly places in Christ somebody say hallelujah Woo, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We are near to God. Hallelujah. In a place of honor because of what Christ did. And I'm looking this way because this is how near we are to God. We're seated in heavenly places legally before the universe. Yes, I'm sitting on my couch now speaking to you physically but my legal position in the universe is in Christ next to Father God there's an intimacy in our position in Christ next to Father God hallelujah glory to God but that brings up a question we're almost done if this is true why are Christians getting sick? Hmm. Let's see if we can answer that question. Let's go to John 10.10. 10. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. He says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Saints, we're on the front lines. We have an enemy of our souls, the devil, who does not want us to share with others the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes, there have been pastors who have contracted the COVID-19. Yes, there have been saints of God who have contracted the COVID-19. Yes, there have been saints of God who have died from the COVID-19. We have an enemy who's looking to kill us. He does not play fair. He is real 
And he goes after children. He goes after pastors. He goes after leaders. He goes after common people. Amen. Uh, he is looking to kill, steal, and destroy. He is looking to take us out. Let me read the rest of the scripture, though. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. By the same token, amen, thank God for Jesus. God is not the source of this disease. As you've been hearing me saying week and week and weeks, holiday for the last five weeks, amen. This is our sixth week, amen, online. His desire is for us to have a good and quality life. Let me make this argument to you. When we don't understand our position of nearness to Father God, when we as Christians don't understand the authority that we walk in, when we downgrade scriptures like Ephesians 2 and 6 and say, oh, that's just God speaking figuratively, Paul speaking figuratively through God. When we don't understand where we are legally in the universe, we can open the door to when we are attacked because we are saints of God, we are Christians, we are born again believers. When we operate in a lack of understanding, we can become prey to the wiles of the enemy. It's just like if I was left an inheritance of a million dollars but did not know about it and was living in poverty all my life. And then on my deathbed, someone comes to me and tells me, do you know that you were a millionaire? That someone left you money? And I'd be like, well, I never knew. I lived a life of poverty. In the same token, when we don't understand the inheritance that Christ secured for us, that he bequeathed to us, that he passed down to us as born again believers, we live beneath the privilege that he intended for us, that Father God intended for us, that the Holy Spirit sheds abroad for us, that he shares towards us, amen, that we could live above sickness and disease. Yes, the enemy and this disease will try to come upon us. Yes, from time to time, we may feel symptoms. Yes, we uh, should follow the social distancing um, guidelines that have been placed for us because we just don't want to be reckless and, 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 and possibly infect other people. Amen. But yes, as well, we live above sickness and disease legally before the universe. Yes, we live. Uh, we, we have a legal position in Christ next to Father God. Hallelujah. Glory to God that we have authority over sickness and disease. Let me add another thing. There are times when people have very difficult lives and have not understood, and they're saved, they're Christians, and have not understood their place in Christ, that they are just tired and ready to go with the Lord. That happens as well, all right? But we're talking about people who are in full health, who are vibrant, who are believers, who are passionate but may not understand their legal their full legal position in Christ and I know Ephesians 2 and 6 is a difficult scripture to grasp but once we come into this understanding amen of who we are and whose we are 
Amen. We will reign in life as I talked about in Romans 5:17. Now this is not Pastor Brown making this stuff up. This is the theology of the Bible, of the New Testament. My God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Saints having the authority that comes with being seated with Christ does not exempt us from demonic attack. Yes, we will still be attacked. And if we are living in ignorance, we can fall prey to that attack. However, when we are aware and confident of our legal position in Christ, we can overcome these attacks and live the greater, live the greater quality of life that Christ always intended for us. Let me say this as well. There are some theological differences between Christians. And I, I hear their criticisms and their arguments in which we don't, there are a good portion of Christians that don't believe in healing, do not believe in the supernatural, do not believe in speaking in tongues, do not believe in righteousness by faith. And these are the foundations of what Jesus died to give us. So if I as a Christian don't believe in those things and it's all just practical, practical, practical living. Amen. And I'm not against practical living. I'm for practical living. But Believing in what Christ accomplished for us and the theology that goes along with it is practical as well. When we, if, if, if Christ died and we are just like everybody else, then, then what did he really accomplish? If there is no healing, what, what did he really accomplish? If we're not seated in heavenly places with him in nearness to Father God, what, what did he accomplish? What, what's the benefit? What, what difference are we from every other religion? What, what is this all about? Let me just go outside and get sick and die then. But if it is true that we are seated in heavenly places, then we have an opportunity. And it, it is because that's what the scripture says. That's what Paul wrote. Amen. Then it's for us to embrace it and start to live our lives in a way, in authority, reigning over circumstances and situations that are beneath us. Hallelujah. As kings and queens. Amen. Once again, as we reign and rule, this is not dominating other people. This is not looking down on other people. This is ruling and reigning over our circumstances and our situations. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So sickness and disease, you must leave me in Jesus' name. Sickness and disease, you must leave the Living Waters Christian Center members in Jesus' name. I speak healing and life upon them right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By the authority given to me by Christ Jesus, seated, seated in heavenly places with him in nearness to God, having God's, Father God's influence, Hallelujah. And authority for my life, I declare healing and life upon myself, my family, and upon the members of the Living Waters Christian Center. And I speak healing and life upon the audience members who are not a part of the church. Be healed today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. When you get to the place when you start praying like that and declaring things, amen. Hallelujah. You are operating in the power that Jesus died for us to have. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done.
Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.